<laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 28 of the Terrific Pod Talk podcast. I almost forgot to name my own podcast here. This is the podcast where we get into the context and the why of why we like horror. And tonight, or this evening, I have with me a Twitch content creator and fellow horror fan, Soph's Bad Gaming. So welcome, Soph. How are you doing this evening? Oh, I'm doing good. Good, good day. Yeah. How are you? Oh, I'm doing really good. And thank you so much for agreeing to come on and talk a little uh, psychological horror with me. Ooh. <laughs> All the spookiness. Yes. Hey, oh, it's an easy thing to say yes to. My brother is super jealous, actually. He's a much bigger fan than I am. <laughs> it's like, hey, wait a second. <laughs> it was a great reason. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, ha ha ha, me and her. <laughs> that was definitely how the conversation went. Yeah. Like, I get to be on a podcast and you're a neener. Oh, man. <laughs> but let's go ahead. We will have you introduce yourself. So talk about uh, what you do on Twitch, as I know that you like to stream as well. So talk about what you do on Twitch, um, how long you've been a horror fan or anything you want else you want to throw in your introduction of you. <laughs> um, so I've been streaming for a little while. I do variety games. I'm mostly just a variety streamer. I kind of play whatever's interesting to me at a time. I started because I grew up not able to play games like most people did. So I've been trying to catch up. Um, I've got into horror probably within the last few years. I grew up terrified of it because of my aunt. When I was super young, she had us watch Jeepers Creepers on us, and I was way too young to watch it, so I cut it off. I refused to watch anything horror, anything gore for a long, long time because of it. So, And then a friend very recently in the last few years has been dragging me to haunted houses, dragging me to all the movies and all that type of stuff. So that's why I started getting into it, and then people really like when I stream horror games because they think it's the funniest thing in the world. So that's how I got into a lot of that. Um, and that I'm just kind of an all-around content creator. I've been getting into blogging lately and travel and food stuff, so. But, you know, games are always amazing <laughs> in movies. Ah, nice. So was it, um, would you say the haunted houses or the horror films or what kind of got you back into horror again? Um, the films that he had me watch, which is actually how I ended up realizing I liked the psychological ones much more than just the monster gore ones and slasher flips, was because those are the ones he likes because he doesn't care for... Um, blockbuster winner type stuff he much prefers all indie small things i think i want to say almost anything by bloomhouse i'm gonna like it because everything they do is amazing oh wow <laughs> uh, and so why psychological horror so what is it about this particular branch of horror that just makes you like ma makes it your favorite um honestly for especially with the thriller parts of it i love the slower suspense and the mysteries that come into psychological uh i know especially with like 10 cloverfield lane and it's like are there aliens are there not aliens like, what's going on and just watching people slowly descend into insanity as we try to figure out what's going on so much fun to watch and especially because it, it affects you too because then you start thinking you're crazy and i really like how compared to gore ones they tend to just stick with me much much longer where I'm months, weeks out, and I'm still sitting there like, oh, God, I'm going insane, too. Like, what's going on? Because they seem so realistic sometimes, even if it's supernatural. It's I love the slower buildup. I love the way it comes into play and the way that it messes with your mental state um, um, as it's going through the movie. And it's really special and hard to do that some movies can't do, right? 
All right, I love the whole the mind-bending aspect. The psychological <laughs> horror has to be just one of my favorite things, and I like that you brought up a really good point. Those types of movies, um, when done like really well, they tend to stick with you long after you've watched uh, the film, and that's I think that's what I like. I like pretty much all branches of horror with a few aside, but <laughs> psychological horror tends to stick with me just like a lot more, like long mm-hmm. after the movie's done. So with that, yeah. with that in mind, um, so what, in your opinion, is the difference between a psychological horror film and, say, a film like a like an '80s slasher? Like I know you already mentioned that psychological horror films tend to have more of a buildup, but do you see any other differences just besides like the slower buildup? Um, I think a lot of the top things is what leads into it is the idea of how much of it is in someone's head and not in someone's head. I think Blair Witch Project is probably one of those quint- quint- quintessential ones. Oh, I can't say the word where how much of that movie do you really know what's going on? And the whole idea like found footage ones, I'm not gonna lie, are kind of my favorites as well. Um, where my brother's big into those old monster ones where it's from the get go, you know, it's a monster, you know, it's here and it's more how do people deal with the situations that's happening with the monster while the psychological ones it's getting into it. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, or even ones that don't even have supernatural elements. Like the gift apparently is considered psychological horror because the whole time it's like this guy's just messing with his head and stuff where you're not going to get that from the eighties monster flicks. It's, it's the idea. It's those ideas that I think really are what separate it because even with it, like with 10 Cloverfield Lane or taking of Deborah Logan, when it does become actual monster flick in the end, but it takes a bit to get there and you're not getting that with those eighties ones so much. They, from the get-go, that thing is out in the wild. It's out there from Godzilla, from the beginning of it. Godzilla's there, things like that. Or even Frankenstein, the build-up is how long until he makes the monster. So, and I think that's what drives it. Oh, man. Uh, you mentioned The Gift, and that is a movie that I have not seen in such a long time. Let me see. Okay. With uh, Kate Blanchett and Keanu Reeves, right? Is that the I was actually meaning the Jason Bateman one. Oh. Oh, okay. So there's something, there's a movie there called The Gift. It has Kate Blanchett who plays some kind of like psychic and Keanu Reeves plays this total asshole, which is like <laughs> really like opposite from what the kinds of stuff that he normally plays. So I haven't heard of the one with Jason Bateman. Uh, give a little plot synopsis um, for those uh, who haven't seen it, kind of without yeah. spoilers, if you can. It was one that I actually even didn't consider is when I was kind of Googling around movies recently uh, that I realized it was considered one. So Jason Bateman and his wife move into a town and he gets visited by this guy who from high school who he used to bully. And then it was like, make amends. And then, but then the guy keeps showing up at their house, even when uninvited. And it's kind of a line of ah, trying to be nice, not trying to be nice. And the guy leaves presents. He kind of stalks the wife and... It's just a slow descent into what is this guy just being friendly? Is he too friendly? Is it too much? And then it kind of leads into um, even after where he's it's like, is he doing things? Because he starts like taping stuff of maybe I did this, maybe I didn't do this, where he starts messing with their family. Oh. And that's mostly it. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and anytime like someone makes a good note of like a movie that I need to see, I'm going <laughs> to uh, write that down so that way I do not forget. There we go. So the gift. All right. And, all right, so off the top of your head, I was like, I've been on a Keanu Reeves kick lately. I have no idea why. <laughs> Maybe it's because I recently saw John Wick 3. 
like last week. It was a good movie. Which was, so did I. Yeah, which was a really good movie. Um, he, there is this movie, I forget the name of it. It was an Eli Roth-directed film, and it's where Keanu Reeves plays some kind of architect or something like that. And two girls end up showing up on his doorstep, and they end up he ends up sleeping with them, and then they end up, like, tormenting and torturing torturing him. Um, but... Um, it just did not play well for me at all. I was it more annoyed me than it did scare me. So with that in mind, let me ask you: Are there any like psychological horror films that they don't have to be new ones? It could be an older one that you've seen recently. Off the top of your head, can you think of any psychological horror films where you're just like, no, that did not scare me, and or it totally missed the mark? Ah. Uh, off the top of my head, no. I think I've enjoyed one way or another most things that I've seen. I guess the only one where it didn't scare me so much but just mess with my head was Us, but it was a great movie, maybe not necessarily as scary as potentially intended, because I feel like Get Out was made, like, because if people were expecting another Get Out, but... Ah. For the, and I've seen, it's like, of all the ones I've seen, it's always been very select and careful ones, so maybe that's helped. But, yeah, I don't think I have one off the top of my head that didn't really nail it for me in one way or another. But I'm also really wimpy when it comes to movies, so maybe that's why. Oh, so things, like, easily scare you? (laughs) Yeah, so it's really weird. I think that's kind of why I really fell into liking these horror things, because when it's things like haunted houses and where I know that it's quote-unquote fake, I tend to get scared super easily, because in real life, I'm the person, here's the noise in the woods, I'm already... out there trying to figure out what it is where it doesn't get me but this type of stuff does so man i will say this like a horror movie with me wouldn't last for very long because i'm like um (laughs) if i heard that noise in the woods i'd be like well i'm out of here goodbye and that's that's why that's why a horror movie with me like wouldn't last very long and (laughs) people would not want to pay to like see me in any kind of horror film and this kind of also segues into my next question about how we both like horror films and we both like horror games. And, but in terms of atmosphere, would you rather sit and immerse yourself in a two-hour psychological horror film or would you rather sit and immerse yourself in a psychological horror game? Game. Yeah, I think that's an easy one for me. <laughs> and so what is what is it about games that made you like immediately just answer like game for sure? Because I'm I'm playing it and it's my bad decisions that are causing these problems. Um, I know you mentioned earlier, like Layers of Fear is especially one that I love with that because it's exactly that between that and freaking amnesia. And I feel much more immersed because it's ah oh, crap, I gotta be the one who steps through this door. I gotta be the one who does this and if um, people who have watched some of my past horror streams know, or I'll sit there for 10 minutes, just like, nope, nope, I don't want to do this, but I have to. A movie, you're not, it's, I'm anxious about someone else, less anxious about myself, and it kind of makes the difference, and part of why it's more enjoyable for me with the game. Uh, so games, you are a more, like, first-person, willing, unwilling participant, whereas <laughs> in a movie, you're watching a movie, you're more of an outside observer, watching everybody else make these mm-hmm. bad decisions. <laughs> Yep. So yep. You're, it makes a difference. So you're probably like me, just like yelling at the screen like every time like you know, someone makes a <laughs> yep. bad decision in a horror film. What are you doing? <laughs> yep. If it's not that, it's hitting my friend like, why are they doing this? Like, come on, or at least why don't you pick that up? Pick that thing up and take it with you. Grab a weapon. Anytime. 
Yeah, someone brought up, someone brought up a good point. This is not a psychological horror film, but it's when um, I was talking about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre with somebody. Someone on Twitter made a really good point. It's like, okay, this is Texas. Texas is a state where everybody should have a gun. Why does nobody have a gun? Like, if you had a gun, you could have dispatched a Leatherface in five seconds. Just a little bit. And that's how you find out he's actually bulletproof, though, right? Yeah, bulletproof or <laughs> supernatural or some ridiculous, like, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I guess let's... All right, I don't want to, like, go off on, like, any weird tangents, so I'm going to reel myself <laughs> back in this time. And let me ask, um, in your opinion, what do you feel that people's fascination with um, horror in general or psychological horror is... So what, where, why do you feel that people are so fascinated with horror or psychological horror in general? Um, I think it's because it's a safe way to really get to experience some type of anxiety, suspense, and adrenaline rushes. And I think that really draws people in. It's kind of the same thing of why people skydive. You wouldn't expect it as jumping out of a perfectly good airplane, but the adrenaline rush is definitely worth it. I think it really draws people in and the unexpectedness, like, Jump scares, like people get on when there's too many jump scares, but there's a reason that we keep put them in and people like it because it's that initial scare and just like, ah, crap, I'm going to go punch something now. It just gets people and draws them in, things like that. I think adrenaline is a huge factor of it. And that's what I've been getting out of it is just like those moments of I'm sitting in a chair, my heart is pounding. And I just, it's like, oh my God, I love this. And that's why, again, with psychological, I think what really helps draw it in is it's not just the physiological experience, it's the intellectual stimulation that these movies bring in and how, and when it's something that's going to stick with you and stay in your head and bother you for a time, I think it really, really um, draws people in because of it, where it's like, I like to get sit here and think and mull over. What would I do? How would I do differently? And it's situations you're not necessarily experiencing in real life. So, Yeah, so like that kind of safe, where we could get scared and get jump scared, but in a safe kind of environment. Mm-hmm. So where they let them like get killed or like maimed or <laughs> mangled or like whatever. I'll just sit here in my chair eating popcorn. And like, yeah. and like, like kind of like criticizing their bad decisions. <laughs> to where like, yeah, my dog is making like a bunch of noise. Shut up. Yeah, my, mine's hiding. Yeah. She doesn't like when I'm online. Yeah. Oh, what kind of dog do you have? I'm gonna go off on a tangent here because I love animals. Uh, she's so a I... little mutt. Um, she looks like a lab mixture, but she's a small one. She's only about forty pounds or so, and labs are like eighty plus. So it's just a little black lab. Oh, well, mine. Who's like you hear like kind of howling in the background? She's also a mutt part. We know that she's got lab in her, but we don't know the other part. Like maybe hound, maybe a little pit like we we don't know all we know is that all we know is that she's very talky and very loud <laughs> yeah i got lucky with mine she's not <laughs> she's the quieter kind yeah and speaking of dogs and horror films i guess this lends to an interesting question it's like why do dogs always have to die in horror films i have to avoid those ones so badly because i can't handle it i hate it i hate it so much uh like in freaking i am legends i just oh it was gonna happen I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> just can't handle it. And I think that's what a lot of it is. And a lot of what horror is, is how do we get certain types of reactions from people? And that's yeah. what people like creators are looking for. And the people are looking for is the reactions. It just sucks so much more when it's a dog. But yeah, I mean, how many posts do you see where it's like, I was more upset when the dog died than when the main character did <laughs> because it's so much more of a feeling, visceral feeling, but it's, it's about getting reactions, you know? And that's, I think, well, like, uh, what is that one called? Uh, the green room is the way it is, where 
I refuse to actually really watch it because I know what happens is my friend's like, yeah, pretty much it was just blood from beginning to end. And that's why I won't watch it. Yeah, I think I might avoid that one. It's just like, <laughs> um, gore and horror does have its place. If it tends to like be too much, I know like certain people, they they love the, the torture kind of gore horror and that's right up their alley. But for me, if it's too much, then it's kind of like, in my opinion, it's more shock value than anything <laughs> mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. That's why and one of the many reasons I fell into psychological is because it tends to have a lot less. And when it has something happen, like, I think one of my actual favorites is It Follows. And I'm really upset that so many people don't like It Follows <gasps> because it did such a great job. And I think it had one jump scare the entire movie when in, um, they opened the door and the guy, the tall guy walked through it. That was the only one. And the rest of it, it just was such great atmosphere the, from the music, the nondescript time period to the way that it's like, you know, it's a thing. And how do you deal with it? Is it real? Getting the other kids to believe it when the one guy slept with her just to test it out. And just this impending doom feeling. It was just constant. And it does such a great job. And I, I'm sad that people think it's too slow for a horror movie. So I'm like, oh, that's what I love. I absolutely love that. Yeah, um, it was a bit of admittedly of a slower burn than I was used to, but I, um, there's a different, there's sometimes those psychological horror films could fall into the trap of being too slow in their pacing, but, yeah, yeah but I didn't, like, really think that this was, It Follows was a, um, was an example of that. I thought it was, like, perfectly paced, and I like the fact how, it kind of left you to decide, like, really what this thing was. Mm -hmm. Which is also, yeah. one of the things I love about horror, is that you don't need everything explained to you. <laughs> so do you prefer when you get to hear the origins of evil or not? Um, and I get asked this question uh, sometimes, <laughs> whenever it comes to, especially, like, the most, I go over this example a lot, so people are probably like, shut up, Brandy, but you're hearing it for the first time, so I get to, like, talk your ear off with this. Uh, the difference between uh, John Carpenter's Halloween and Rob Zombie's Halloween. With John Carpenter's Halloween, you have Dr. Loomis, who's just, like, Michael Myers, like, he's pure evil, and there's really, like, you don't need any other explanation, like, behind why he does what he does. Rob Zombie's Halloween is you get a little bit more of Michael Myers' backstory and why, like, how he grew up to kind of be the psychopath who ends up murdering his entire family. And I think that um, if done right, it can have its place. Like, okay. I don't hate Rob Zombie's Halloween, but I will always, like, gravitate towards John Carpenter's more. <laughs> I, I think I definitely agree with you on that. Um... I'm trying to think of like the, the movies that I enjoy. There were some where it's like, oh, if you've got a, there's definitely somewhere if you get a reason to why they're evil, those are the ones that are the most humanizing where it's kind of more the idea of humans are the monsters. And it's kind of like the whole Dr. Frankenstein versus Frankenstein's monster. And it's the humanization of it and things like that, that I enjoy where it's like, no, humans are the evil and it could be anyone, this could happen to you. And you can put yourself in the villain's place because it's like, ah, one wrong step, I'm evil too. But sometimes when something's evil just for evil's sake, 
I definitely like that as well. Absolutely do. Like there's um, the Soldier Critic when he does these things over animated Batman, he's got this really good talk about the best villain in his eyes was this guy who gets no origin story. You get the Joker's origin story, the Riddler and everybody, but the the toy guy, he just has children slaves in a subway. It's never explained. And even Batman almost kills him because he's just like, you're just pure evil. You have no reason for it. He's just evil. And it works too, because sometimes it's just what it is. Yeah. And, and oh geez it's like it kind of makes me mad that batman would want to kill that guy but he doesn't want to kill like someone like the joker it's just like <laughs> where does your code of ethics end as far as that goes i feel it's the idea when someone's humanized it makes it harder though too right <laughs> maybe that's what it is yeah maybe maybe so <laughs> uh <but> joker's a nut <laughs> just a bit yeah uh, the new Joker movie's on the list of upcoming horror I saw, so I'm more curious how they're going to play it. Hmm. I just said that I paid $10 to go see, which is about how the movies cost. I'd probably like, wait, <laughs> wait myself on that one. Uh, oh, Undead Atheist says, is that freaking sofa over there? Yes, that is freaking sofa over there. <laughs> over and my... dead. Yeah. And... <laughs> Ormond Gamer is also saying John Carpenter film is better because you don't have to have blood and gore to tell a story. Yep, Rob Zombie, his thing is like he's all about the blood and all about the gore. I mean, which is fine. That's part of his uh, shtick. Uh, the, his version of Halloween, though, didn't really... It had a lot, but it wasn't enough to make me be like, well, I'm never watching this again. It's the second, <laughs> it's the second one that, of his that I would never watch again. I don't know if you've seen that one. I haven't seen actually those on the list of ones I haven't seen because I, I assumed they were more gore. So I'm like, yeah, <laughs> they're on the list. I'm very bad when it comes to the, like the, the ones that people grew up with because I didn't get into it till the last few years. So I've seen a lot more newer ones than I have older ones. I think the first thing I watched after Jeepers Creepers end was The Conjuring, which is oh. probably the reason I got into this. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, Conjuring is, I kind of have a thing about, like, all these haunted house ex- I know you like haunted houses, but the movies that have been <laughs> haunted houses and exorcisms, I think, are kind of just like, in my opinion, I, they're kind of played out. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I've, I've had enough of them. But speaking, <laughs> kind of speaking of things that we've had enough of in horror, um, I've had enough of the haunted houses and the exorcism type movies. Are there, so this is just a general horror related question. Is there anything in horror that you wish that they would either quit doing or find a new avenue or direction to take with it? Honestly, I think it's going to be on the idea of what, um, what Ormond said in chat is the shock fact, shock factor deaths and stuff and extra and just extraneous gore because I think we've had a time where we can evolve past that and have more for a purpose ones like don't just kill something just to kill it because oh okay let's look kind of like you know john wick when you put the thing in the guy's eye like ah why why did that have to happen so yeah <laughs> i refuse to watch that moment like, <laughs> you have to have a cool action scene <laughs> they'll admit death by pencil though would be an interesting <laughs> death <laughs> i feel like in the, that's why there's a whole section where ones that i just avoid because i just can't handle those ones at all so and I much prefer when we move into ones like uh, that have more going on where when it does need to start getting either gory or when deaths finally start happening or someone being taken, it's got more of an impact when it just hasn't been happening every 10 minutes or so. 
That that definitely that makes sense. Like if you're gonna include it in there, either have a reason for it or space it out to where it's not occurring, just like one run after the other. Like Yep. Alright. Oh yep, yep. At least with a purpose. <laughs> exactly. Um, alright, so we got Bitter Gang going, The Thing, oh, Judd Carpenter's The Thing, I won't, like, start getting off on any tangents about that except for this. <laughs> you could consider it a psychological, like, horror, like, sci-fi kind of film because of the aspect of the not knowing and the messing, like, with the head. And, yeah, it's gory, but, no, the goriest film that I've seen where I was just like, no, is, um, Hostile. <laughs> and... This. I've heard about Hostel. No. <laughs> yeah, if you don't like the gore stuff, like, I would highly just not suggest that film. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Hostel. Well, see, Dan, there's a difference between gory and gore with a purpose and gory, like, in Hostels, where you're just, like, you want to vomit. And, mm. and there's something called, uh, another one, oh, Wolf Creek. That horror movie that was set in Australia about, I guess, like, people that visited Australia. They took a wrong turn. They ended up in the hands of the cycle. That was really gory, too. That's why I was just like, no. (laughs) Don't need it. Don't need it. (laughs) Oh, so we also got Undead Atheist saying, Rob Zombie's better because he understands true horror. True horror involves blood and gore. New age horror movies are weak. I grew up in the 80s watching Nightmare on Elm Street. The best new age horror movie is actually a comedy, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Not that, that's a funny movie. It is a funny, very funny movie, actually. I do like that one. Yeah. It's one of the few I watched. It's because it wasn't like Cabin in the Woods in the same vein though. Like the horror comedies are good. Like I still need to watch Bloodfest from Rooster Teeth Productions. It's supposed to be really good too, where it's the um the horror the, the ah, what is it? Outdoor movie festival thing where they just start killing people. Uh, the Cabin in the Woods is, yeah, it's along the same vein as Tucker and Dale versus Evil, where it just makes fun of, like, what we were talking about earlier, the horror tropes and the things like how Tucker and Dale versus Evil makes fun of the whole, like, the hillbilly, the hillbilly <laughs> as the killer, and whereas the, the Cabin in the Woods makes fun of the whole Cabin in the Woods trope. And I w- I w- I'm not going to spoil either of those movies for those who haven't seen them, but if you haven't, do it. Yeah, do they, it. They are both good. Yeah. So, all right. So, along the vein of psychological horror, um, it, there's always been this kind of thin line between what makes a thriller, like a psychological thriller, and what makes <laughs> a psychological horror film. Uh, Dan, my mod, one of my mods, he likes to bust, but likes to pretty much like bust my balls <laughs> about how. Silence of the Lambs is not a psychological horror, it's a thriller. And I'm like, well, I think it's a psychological horror film. So <laughs> where, do you feel that there's a difference between a psychological thriller and a psychological horror or film? Or do you think those lines kind of blur too much for us to make a distinction? Uh, so this is one of those things where I feel bad because I know I haven't seen a whole lot to speak completely on it. But I don't think I would have split saying psychological has a difference between them because to me there's more of a difference between when thriller gets added to horror because you can have a thriller that's probably not horror but you can have and like horror that's not so much a thriller but you can have both because i would consider them subgenres of each other because i because this is one of the ones i wrote notes down on um the idea for me was it's that suspense and the anxiety where you're getting heart palpita- heart palpitations and 
the buildup that makes the thrillers really. And because they obviously have like stories, but I feel like there's more effort put into it with things that become more thrillers. That's why like Silence of the Lambs has that component. Like I would consider it a psychological thriller thing. And that's the list it shows up on when you look for those types of movies is it does show up as that. So compared to just horror, because gore has its place, but I feel like when it's more the ones that are just just about that and the jump scares and that's what it's leading towards more so than the journey that you're being taken on when it's more of a psychological thing. And I, and that's what I think makes the thrillers is it's about the experience of a journey. It tells a story, the difference of like, if you use haunted house as an example, I've been in somewhere as you go through the house, it's telling a story versus it's just, okay, now this thing, now this thing, now this thing, now this thing. And this is just the process down. And I think it's kind of more, I'm not saying horror movies don't have storylines. It's just, they're much more simplistic than the thrillers will be. All right, so, okay, let me see if we're kind of on the same page here. So, <laughs> if something is a psychological, let's say, thriller that has horror elements, what you're saying is it would have to have the slow buildup and the story, but also more of just, like, the creepier elements that you would find in horror, like gore, jump scares, and things of that nature? Mm-hmm. It would still have, yeah, I think it would still have them, but I feel like there's a lot more buildup in thrillers, which is why, because it's, it's what, what builds your anxiety and the suspense built through it versus it's just, oh God, this terrible thing is happening all the time. And the biggest suspense is, oh, he's going to pop out again here soon. Right. I think that there's a line that's kind of, um, kind of blur between like what makes a thriller and what makes a horror because, um, you mentioned I will defend Silence of the Lambs because I see it, yes, I see it on psychological thriller lists. And while I do agree that it's got all the thriller elements, it's got the soul buildup, it's got the story, it's got the fact that, well, here's this Hannibal Lecter, this creepo who we don't really know. I think also the horror aspect too, so we don't really know why he kind of did what he did at this, at that time. Now, it's explained mm -hmm. later on, like, in Hannibal, like, how he became, like, who he was. But then it's got, like, the horror kind of gore aspects to it, too. Because he basically, he tore someone's nose off of their face. <laughs> he tore someone's face off their face. And, yeah. like, and he's a cannibal. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, yeah, I think I would probably agree with that. I'm kind of curious on Bitter Dancing, the idea of no one dying. I'm guessing that's why he argues against it. Hmm. Is that idea? Well, only Buffalo Bill kills someone. And it goes to show, like, maybe, like, who's the real villain in Focus the Silence of the Lambs. Is it Buffalo <laughs> Bill or is it uh, Hannibal Cannibal? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like in a thriller, especially, doesn't have to always have deaths. It's the threat of violence and or just trauma. Because, I mean, that's, if you really get into it, there was somewhere possibly no one does but it's more the psychological damage that happens to someone and it's about the insanity aspects i think too in some movies especially when done well so maybe someone doesn't have to die but maybe it's just convincing them that they're insane by the end so that's, that's what you get especially when you bring in psychological games like with um amnesia no one technically has to die and it's more about the insanity that happens to them and like there's a supernatural element into it eventually but no one actually has to die in that movie at all and but in the game, but it still is what it is. And it's because it's about the descent into insanity. It's not about the other parts, which I think is what is the play added there. 
I couldn't get into Amnesia, The Dark Descent, but I think part of it was just the fact that I didn't give it a fair shake. I had a lot of computer issues, like, at the time I was trying to play it, so it kind of soured the game for me. So I was thinking of probably giving it a little bit more of a fair shot now that I've got a more, a more decent system. Uh, another game, because this is where I'm, like, the trap games, another game that kind of, like, messed with my head and, like, was like, whoa, was Soma. Have you ever played that one? Yes. Yes, that oh. one, to this day, messes with me. And that's another great example of, technically speaking, no one technically kind of, it's, ah, it's, yes, they did and they didn't. So it's about living on in a certain way. But, oh my God, when that last scene happened, I think we sat on stream forever because I couldn't handle it. Oh, so good, oh man, that, <laughs> that ending scene, I just sat there and I was just like... And it's still even two years, it's been about two years since I played that game. I'll have to pick it back up again at some point. But I was just like, <laughs> now that, yep. that is the mark of a good psychological whatever, whether you call it a thriller or you call it a horror, like I mentioned earlier. It sticks with you long after you've watched it and long after you've played it. Yeah, and I think it's also, because when I was playing it too, I remember thinking it was the same idea of... Um, movie-wise, Ex Machina, um, which isn't something people really bring up in these conversations, but that was ultimately it too, is where it just started out of, well, can an AI convince you to do the Turing test and can it reverse the Turing test? But then it turns into what it turns into if you've seen the end of the movie, but it's the same idea of it just messes with your head. I love it, but oh man, it was also the same idea. Oh, so it's called Ex Machina? Yeah, it was, it's um, a guy who ends up being picked to do a Turing test with AI and this guy in his, in his house where instead of it being, can the computer, like, can you tell if it's a person or a computer? He already knew from the get go that it was AI, but was, can the AI convince you that it's not AI after you've been around it for a while? So it's kind of a backwards thing. And it was the same idea of like with Soma, it's just like when he finds out, it's like, oh crap, this whole time I think I'm human, but I'm not, but it's a whole idea. And then other things happen. It goes crazy near the end. So. Ooh, I'll definitely have to put that on my list. No, Dan, I haven't seen it, and I didn't even know it existed. That's why I like doing these kinds of podcasts. Because, or I like, I like all the podcasts, but I love what I meant, which I'm still kind of like my brain's trying to kind of catch up with the fact that, yes, I'm awake, is I love hearing new film suggestions. So... <laughs> Ex Machina is definitely going on my list. Oh, thank you, uh, Snow Fox Love. Well, Dan, if you had, I don't remember it. <laughs> that is one of the few movies I actually own. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So speaking of films, we're kind of now getting down into the last few like questions phases of the podcast where I have people think about their top five favorites, whatever genre horror we're talking about. So mm -hmm. I had you kind of think about your top five favorite psychological horror films. So they don't have to be in any kind of order or you can put them in order if you want. So however you want to present it. And like, talk about a little bit, too, about why those five are your top five favorites. Okay, so the ones that I have are 10 Cloverfield Lane. Best John Goodman role, in my opinion. I know that his other ones are cool, too, but that one, I think, is one of my tops. Absolutely loved it. I didn't watch the original Cloverfield. I only watched that one. And 
that one is just because of the whole buildup and stuff. And like, I knew the original Cloverfield and stuff, but this one was what's going on and just her. And I was just so anxious for her the whole time. And when the other guy got off, it was a whole lot of anxiety. That one's definitely on my top. Um, it Follows, which I brought up earlier, is one that I absolutely love. And one that um, I don't know if a lot of people saw, because I watched it on Netflix, The Taking of Deborah Logan. I watched it after I watched The Conjuring because it was, it was I think, the second one I watched in that one. Um, it's the one that got me into found footage horror and things like that. So I absolutely love found footage ones. So the buildup of that one and the girl, because that one stays in reality for so long before it flips on you. And that's why I loved it. Absolutely loved it. It was so good until the snakes. I don't like snakes, but until that part. And it was just a fantastic movie. Um, I put in a couple others, such as like um, The Gift. It's because it's one that uh, it was harder for me to know whether or not people really saw it as one because it didn't have the supernatural elements, but it, it doesn't. But it's still one that I thought was really good because the whole movie just kind of stays at this spot of kind of like if you're building a crescendo, but you just don't end it. It just kind of stays that way the whole time. So it drove me insane. So I kind of like that. And it's not a movie so much, but Black Mirror, just everything Black Mirror. Because it's Black Mirror. <laughs> because it's Black Mirror. No, I haven't seen, like, I don't know. Um, after Bandersnatch, have they put anything new on Netflix as far as Black Mirror? I haven't kept up with it as much as I should. Uh, yeah, Black Mirror. They announced the new season, but it's not oh. out yet. Oh, okay, because I know they're like, Anthony Mackie and Miley Cyrus are going to be in the yes. next season of Black Mirror. But yeah, I would agree with you. Black Mirror as a whole has those moments where you're just like, and you remember like specific certain <laughs> episodes. Like, wow, season one, episode one, that started off kind of like, you know, they just hit the <laughs> ground running with that, didn't they? Yeah, it's one of my favorite jokes is like, they said it right there and then they brought it back. They just like kicked it out and let's reel it back in by episode two. And it was actually kind of, it's one of my answers for one of the other questions you have to think about of the future of psychological horror is I think Black Mirror is the perfect example of what it needs to be because it needs to be for a newer audience. It needs to be for this newer generation and a new reality of life of, you know, being scared of the dark doesn't work anymore when we're barely in real darkness, you know, and it, things like that. And the new horrors of the world are different and the new things that scare us are now different, especially when you get into some of the later episodes like, um, the first episode of season four where the guy makes the uh, computerized AIs of people where he steals their uh -huh. DNA and it doesn't affect people in real life, but it's still a consciousness and things like that. It's new. It's new age. Uh, and people are mentioning their favorite psychological horror films. Uh, some, someone said, Orman Gamer, Gamer said, yes, he agrees that he likes 10 Cloverfield Lane as well. I I really just like the fact that just the whole yeah John Goodman is just like wow how did he pull that out because you're used to seeing him in like comedies and things like mm -hmm. that and just seeing him and just that kind of role hey, is like go from the big Lebrowski to that like, exactly what? it's like it's like wow John like being more like psychological horror stuff you were great and uh, mm -hmm. Dan says it American Psycho The Shining Silence of the Lambs and Jacob's Ladder. Jacob's Ladder is a good uh, film. It's an older kind of psychological horror film, but have you seen that one? Mm -mm. I think you should give that one a watch. Okay. That's one, that you, that's one that you should put on your list. Jacob's Ladder. Uh, Tim Robbins plays the main role. 
And I'm not yeah. going to say anything more about it because I want you to go into it completely, like, uninfluenced by any other opinions other than it's just, it's an awesome movie. Okay. I think, I feel like I've heard about it before. I just haven't watched it. They're going to remake it, which I don't think it's necessary. Like, you shouldn't remake things that are already good. But anyway. Yes. Nothing's safe. Yeah. But yes, Bandersnatch is part of Black Mirror. It's kind of like the whole like filler thing in between, I guess, last season and the announcement of the new season. <laughs> okay, what else? The original Nightmare on Elm Street has to be up there. It's psychological tech because he gets you in your dreams. Hmm. That's what Undead Atheist said. That's kind of, I can see where it could fit in psychological horror. It's mainly classified as an 80s slasher, though. Yeah, I feel like I being through your dreams isn't the same as being driven to being insane because it's, but eh, I guess it depends on your definitions too. I'm sure, I, I would say people definitely do have respect for it these days because it's still high on the list of top wars, but I don't know. I would definitely probably keep it in slasher, but. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, that's why I love so much too about horror. It's just like, well, like with that, well, I feel that Nightmare on Elm Street is more psychological. It's like, and then people could be like, well, I feel Nightmare on Elm Street is more slasher. So I just love the fact how too in horror and I'm pretty sure you come across like these people kind of people as well. That is such an awesome community like <laughs> of people that to where like we could like hash out our agreements and our disagreements. And it's just like, you know, at the end of the day, we still come out like being being cool with one another. Yeah, and especially when people blend elements, kind of like Undead's point here is maybe it's both, but yeah, you, and those are, blended elements are the best. They absolutely are. So. For someone who likes it, like me, who likes to compartmentalize things, though, it can be frustrating. It's like, it's either this or it's that. It's just like, whenever something kind of blurs the lines, it kind of frustrates uh, a someone like myself. <laughs> yeah, and it also depends on how they do it. They have to do it well. And, um, right. Which is always what it comes down to. Because like, I'm looking at some of the ones on my list, and they're definitely ones that I'm like, oh, I don't know if it counts as this or that. But it was ones that either stuck with me in the same type of way, like don't breathe. That one, I don't know how people would actually classify it. Because it wasn't, it was just, it was real people just trying to survive in this house with this blind man. And But then when you get into the stuff of like the, what was hiding in the basement and the other things, and just to build up the suspense, it had the same feelings as psychological ones, where it wasn't messing with anyone's head so much, but still had the same feelings of it and things like that okay. and the same responses Ugh, that one Ugh. yeah terrible yeah <laughs> terrible <laughs> yeah it's such a good movie but it just goes to such a terribly oh. dark place such a dark place by the end and and she does get the whole choice too i don't know if you've seen it but no i i haven't seen that one what's the name of it again uh don't breathe don't this is the one where um three nondescript ages maybe 20s kids break into a house to rob it because they think it'll be an easy hit because it's a blind man but it turns out that he's a really he's daredevil pretty much and just starts killing him so <laughs> it, it gets really bad wow that does sound interesting like i haven't didn't have like you know i had a hard time like trying to think of just uh five favorites i'm very uh so i'm glad that you were able to think of five favorites but um 
Whenever, like, when it comes to me, it's as far as psychological horror films, uh, Silence of the Lambs will always be, like, at the top of my list. It just, that's one that really just stuck with me. It still, still sticks with me even years after I watched it. I still watch it every now and again. Um, Saw is also on my list as well. A little bit of a gorier kind of psychological, like, horror film, but, like, you can't, like... Jigsaw, oh my gosh, like his the epitome. Yeah, that's the epitome of psychological horror, in my opinion, right there. Him and his mind games. And yeah. I will say, uh, Jacob's Ladder. I'm I'm glad that Dan that you mentioned that because Jacob's Ladder was uh, would also have to be on my list as well. Um, and I know you mentioned it. Do you mean like the one from the '90s or the one for that just came out recently? That's because I've only seen the one that came out recently, but yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah, me too. I'm uh, excited for the second part. Oh, me me too. Some people are like, oh well, they're adults, so it's the same story. It's like, but the adult part's the part I love the most. <laughs> I mean, he's no Tim Curry, but it's still, I'm excited. <laughs> um, and I think that I would also have to put this one on my list as well. Uh, fourteen twenty eight. Not to be confused with fourteen oh eight which is another Stephen King film, but 1428 is on Netflix and it stars Thomas Jane. And it's got some definitely like psychological elements like, in it. Okay. Maybe, maybe not as like, you know, like in your face, like every moment's a psychological <laughs> element, but it's a definitely a really good watch. So that's one you need to put on your list as well. 1428. Not to be confused with the other one. Not to be confused with 1408, which is also <laughs> a good movie. <laughs> and I always freaky forget the name of this film, but it would have to like be on my list as well. It's um, it's got John Cusack. Yes, fourteen oh eight is another one with John Cusack that has to do with like the hotel room. Yes, that's that's definitely it. This one also is John Cusack, but it involves a motel and seven like seven people at that motel that are being like murdered one by one. They don't really know like the cause. And I'm kind of mad at myself that I always forget the name of this film. People even told me that and I still forgot it. So, um, John Cusack motel move me. Yeah. So hold on. Identity. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you. Identity. That would also Ooh. have to be on my list. Have you seen that one? No, I don't think I've heard of it. Nope. Put that on your list as well. It came out in 2003. So. <laughs> when I was still avoiding them. Thank you, Jeepers Creepers. Aw, uh, that's a shame. So, because <laughs> identity is one that you definitely need to give a watch. Okay. Even though Absolutely. I forgot, even though I always, for some reason, tend to forget the name of it. It doesn't mean that I don't love it. It just means that I sometimes have a not good memory. <laughs> If it helps, I sometimes forget if it was the conjuring or the haunting that I... <laughs> it's almost like, which one was the house with the mom? Which one was it? Like, I'm always having to do that. Well, they both have houses with moms in them, so I can see, kind of see, like, where you would get a big stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, any of the ones that are from the case files of that couple, um, the ghost hunter couple, like, I, I really like those ones. Oh, so uh, Lorraine and Ed Warren? I, if that's their names, I, I could not tell you. Right. If... <laughs> I'm not horror, but have you watched Room 104 on HBO? It's creepy. 
No, I haven't, even, I haven't even heard of that. Room. I don't have HBO. I, whatever's on Netflix yeah. or Hulu or my animes. Which, speaking of, I did have one anime to add to the list. That was one okay. my brother had me watch, and it's called When They Cry. I never finished it, but it's definitely, like, because anime horror is just a whole nother level. Oh, yes. A whole nother level. And this one is definitely in that because if you haven't seen it, the series, every episode, like, arc is the same one week of time that happens differently. And it just keeps replaying the week, but it happens differently each time. And you have to piece together the real story. And I don't think they ever actually tell you the real one, but everybody dies horribly in a different way every time and for different reasons. And it's a different killer every time. It's messed up, but it was one that I also had on my list of honorable mention. Yeah. So that sounds like a sadistic version of Groundhog Day. Almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's it's out there. Um, besides just like, because even when people talk, ask me about like the different horror games, because I, I did three months of horror games last summer, and that was, I think, how um, we had kind of gotten introduced just because of it. And of them, the ones that came from an Asian perspective were definitely the ones that were worse. Like Outlast is kind of the one people always jump to, but yeah, I'll replay Outlast any day of the week, then continue Home Sweet Home. Home Sweet Home messed me up so badly. It I'm gonna, I am gonna have to put that on my list then. So <laughs> let me see if it messes me like up as bad as it did you, or if I'm just like truly a case hardened individual. And they I didn't even finish it. Which is what's so frustrating, is it has a sequel that hasn't come out yet, like a chapter two. <laughs> uh, so I guess it was so I guess it's hard. It, I guess it just depends on how brave you are. <laughs> <laughs> that one definitely affected me worse. Like Dread Out would have, except for the fact that I was so annoyed because it's so clunky. But the idea of it would have gotten me bad, but the the playing of it is so clunky that I've spent more of it just mad at it. It was like, ah, it was so too annoyed to be able to get into the atmosphere enough. Uh, so. that, that's a shame. I think Dreadout's an older game, though, if I remember correctly. So it probably might account like for the clunkiness. Like with Resident Evil 4. I love that <laughs> game, but by God, those controls are clunky. I'm waiting for, it's one of the ones that are remastering too, isn't it? Because I'm waiting for that. I want to play it. I've only played Resident Evil 7, and I really liked it, though. The Resident Evil 2 remaster is fantastic. They're looking to remaster Resident Evil 3. Resident Evil 4, I don't know. I ah, okay. I would I have very good nostalgia with that game. And but then yeah, <laughs> I would also want to see it remade as well, kind of. I don't know. I'm still kinda like I'm trying to decide whether I want to see it remade or not. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> It's, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to play more of the Resident Evil games. It was one that, when I was younger, my brother cautioned against. Because they, they saw a friend of theirs play it in a basement in the dark and just, like, you know, glued to the controller and freaking out the whole time. I don't know which one. I honestly don't. But it was one of the ones that they always talked about, like, how bad it was and scary. So I didn't play for a long time. But... Uh, um, Resident Evil 4, the clunky controls might annoy you, but if you're looking to like have a more like smoother kind of experience, I would suggest the Resident Evil 2 remaster. Okay. Oh. Yeah, because I, I know they changed the camera and stuff, so it's on my list to eventually get. I think we're starting Devil May Cry soon, though. Yes, that's another game that I need to like apply <laughs> Devil May Cry. I watched my sister play them, but I haven't played them myself. I mean, uh, Dante, I'll take it. I'll play it <laughs> any day soon. I've heard good things. Yeah. But horror games are, they're just so much fun. And they are. Well, and that was like, kind of like what we were talking about earlier 
between like Outlast one and two, like I refused to play the second one because I felt like the first one had a lot more of the psychological stuff that I love because it's because you know you can't fight back, you can't do anything. The people jumping out, what's going on? The uh, freaking the Walker guy, like what's going on? But the second one, I watched the Chief of Hunters play through of it, and I'm like, it feels like they went more just shock factor gore than they did what they put into the story of the first one. So that's why I won't play the second one is because it seems like it, and that's kind of my. Yeah, they're two separate genres now, and that's why I won't play it. I don't want to deal with it. Yeah, the second one, I got a free key for it, so I played <laughs> it. And I guess my main issue with it was the fact how Outlast, even the first one, even with all the things going on around you, there was still that slow buildup. You are able to find mm -hmm. out about the story and what was going mm -hmm. on in this crazy asylum, whereas in the second one, they barely gave you room to breathe, let alone find out the story. So mm -hmm. I found myself lost, like, half the time. And, like, when it finally got to the end, I was just like, wait, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, so I was very disappointed. I wanted to like it, I just couldn't. Mm -hmm. that's yeah that's how i felt just watching them play because some of the ones i've played like the biggest reason i played layers of fear the first game and the dlc was because of their playthroughs and i love it i cannot wait for the second one i'm trying to get a key for it but it's just so well done and that's why i played the first outlast and i saw the second one i was like oh i'm kind of disappointed about that i don't want to bother yeah and that's why some people just like play those games so that way we don't have to if we don't want to we don't have to spend our money <laughs> <laughs> it's a good way to find out. But I need I need to find more horror games. I don't actually know how many are really out there because I did like the Penumbra ones, which were the precursors to Amnesia and things like that, the Fear games. But yeah, uh, a different way. Um, you might want to check out Dead Space. I'm trying to think of like some like recommendations. Uh, Dead Space one and two, three not so much. Um, I've heard Alien Isolation is a good one. You need to play Alien Isolation. <laughs> That is fabulous if you have not, like, yet played that game. Okay. And especially if you've seen Alien and Aliens or any of the Alien films, it nails that atmosphere perfectly. I think I've only played the pinball game. Yeah. <laughs> if, it, if it might help with establishing the atmosphere, you might want to at least watch the first Alien. Okay. It's one of those ones like between the alien game movies, the predator movies and those things. I, I do want to, I just never got around to them. There's a lot. I have a huge backlog of movies I've never seen that everyone else has. And a lot of them are those monster ones. So we grew up with like Godzilla and that was pretty much it. Yeah. So I, I can also recommend like a few more horror games. It's like, I can't, those are like the main ones that I, um, I could think of off the top of my head that I really enjoyed. But, like, any others, like, you're like, hey, do you know of any, like, good horror games? Like, well, yeah, there's this and that and that. So I will definitely, like, you know, I will definitely be, like, saying, hey, have you heard of this? Hey, have you heard of that? Hey, have you heard of this? Hey, any way to keep tabs, because those are absolutely the best to play. And so much fun to stream. Like, I, I love story-rich stuff. So yeah. even some of, like, the zombie stuff is fun, too. Like, the forest and uncovering the story of the forest, because you think it's an open-world builder, but it actually has an end, which was amazing. So, they keep adding to it. You might also like um, detective things like uh, the shape-shifting detective is an FMV game. Um, the infectious madness of Dr. Decker is also a really good one. So, shape-shifting detective, infectious madness of Dr. Decker. Um, I don't know. Have you played the new Call of Cthulhu game? Call no. Of, um, 
that's a good one too if you like um the eldritch lovecraftian style horror it nails that atmosphere 100 percent perfectly did you play the slender man one which one <laughs> uh, i think i played the original where he just follows you and you pick up the pages that's or... the, that's the only one i played i guess it more frustrated me everyone everything else because i get up to like page four and then like he'd always catch me like <laughs> I could never like find like that. I was like, that's it, I quit. So I never I, really finished that. <laughs> I definitely got through it and I wasn't expecting to, but and I think I did it in a day. I was able to get through like within one or two streams, but that's somehow one where it's a, I think it's kind of like the line with it follows of me where you know it's there, it is what it is, and it's just like this whole ah oh, crap, all oh, crap, when's it gonna happen and the build up. I, I absolutely loved it, especially when it gets closer and all that stuff. It's definitely in the same vein to me. Kudos, simple but works kudos to you for being able to finish it frustrated me too much <laughs> but uh, oh yeah so before we start wrapping things up oh looks uh, okay dan wants to know what your necklace is um it is actually i got it from way to workshop out of new zealand from the tomb raider games by square enix laura croft wears this and it was supposed to be this jay necklace she found on her first dig with her father and i was an anthropologist in school that was my degree and it's a game i really connected with so it's supposed to be kind of the spirit of adventure and things like that so i mean i just got it actually and i love it oh that's that is so cute i'm not a big necklace person <laughs> If I wear jewelry, it's going to be like rings and things like that. But this is a cute necklace. Oh. Um, so let's see here. All right. So let's go ahead and start like winding things down because I know that you probably will want to stream tonight as well. And I would, I, I'd keep you for hours like if I could just blabbing on. But yeah. But, but so kind of talk about um, your Twitch channel. So when you usually stream, what you usually stream i know we kind of like no mentioned that near the beginning but since it's now like nearing the end let's kind of like you could uh, talk about what you usually stream um what times you usually stream what days you usually stream and when you're gonna stream next um so i stream sunday through wednesdays uh monday through wednesday i start at nine o'clock eastern time because it's just after work type stuff and then sundays i sometimes start at seven sometimes eight it just depends um I am a variety streamer, so I just kind of do playthroughs of games. Sometimes, if, like if people gift me games and things like that, I'll play it. That's kind of like one of the rules: is I will, if I can, I will stream it. Things like that. We're playing, like I said, we're playing Devil May Cry next. I know I've got Mass Effect somewhere in there. I've got the Snake Pass game. I've got a whole backlog of stuff I want to get through. Sundays are my community nights where we just do Jackbox games, and that's kind of my open night. And that's what we'll be doing tonight, actually. Um, probably starting at eight, so I can take my dog out and she needs to go to the bathroom and things like that. Um, so a lot of my Twitch channel was around just me getting a chance to catch up on games that normal people have played. We had a Windows 95 PC most of my life and then an Xbox for a few years with only like Star Wars games and Jade Empire and Fable. So I'm trying to catch up to the rest of the world and play all those types of stuff and some newer ones, things like that. Um, that's mostly, there's not a whole lot. I'm just kind of open because I'm not like worried about people spoiling games. I'm not worried about too much. I'm just here to just play through things, experience stuff that everyone else has already done or new things and just hang out. Um, we are mature rated mostly because, you know, like in Dying Light, I think I spent 20 minutes just saying the F word when I couldn't beat it and just kept getting me. So things like that. But there's your, your one warning of that. Our game just got to me. <laughs> Are you sure you're not me? Because I like that. <laughs> F F F S S S 
damn it, like all this and like, ugh. That's half my day. Like, I, I get so frustrated when I can't beat stuff sometimes. I, I tend to play stuff on easy or normal because I'm like, we actually want to complete this, okay? Someday we're going to beat it. There's a reason. So my channel is so bad gaming. And that's why I tell people, like, there's a reason it's called that. So you don't come in here with any expectations of anything else. So, and that's uh, me on everything. I've got all the usual socials and stuff. And I just kind of pictures of my dog, pictures of me, just trying to figure out the world, you know? Yeah. And so whereabouts can people find you on social media if they want to follow you and keep up with you on there? Um, I definitely have the Sosped Gaming on Instagram, on Twitter, technically a Facebook. Um, I just kind of copy the same few stuff over as well as I do have a YouTube channel. Um, I don't have enough subscribers to get a custom URL. So it's just if you search Sosped Gaming to find it or it's linked on my page. I That one is actually my most varied one because I do have highlights and gameplay videos on there, but I've also got lifestyle stuff. So I've got cooking videos and travel vids and restaurant stuff. I'm trying like reviews and different places that I've eaten. So you've made it very easy for people <laughs> to find you. So you're so spamming. You're so spam gaming <laughs> everywhere. Yep. <laughs> Best I could. Yeah. All right. So with that, I think that this is the perfect spot to end our podcast this evening. Okay. So once again, uh, so thank you so much for... Oh, thank you so much for letting me come out here. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm very glad that I was able to snag you finally. Because I know you contacted <laughs> me back in October. So my only thing is, I'm sorry it took me so long to like finally like get, ah. get, like through, to, get through to you. But I'm so glad. And anytime you want to be on the podcast again, I'm very open to having like people who have been on before like come back and talk talk some more horror stuff so anytime you want to be oh. back anytime you want to be back on again all you gotta do is be like hey i want to be on again be like okay well, let's schedule <laughs> you back on i'm gonna try and push my brother to contact you because he's he could talk to you for hours about monster flicks because he's been buying all the black and whites he has almost all of them on collection now give, give him <laughs> give him my information like absolutely and so once again, thank you so much for coming on. I hope you have a fun community night tonight with your community. And I know that we will definitely be talking again soon. Oh, you too. Have fun with Layers of Fear too. Uh, I'm excited so for it tomorrow. <laughs> thank you so much. Bye. 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 Aw. She was so very nice. I love, it's not to say like everybody else I met was horrible. Every podcast guest I've had has been an absolute pleasure. That's why I love doing this damn thing so much. Because I met some amazing people. I met some awesome people. I've met Twitch streamers that I would have never heard of otherwise. Had I not like no done this podcast. And this is just like all really awesome. Thank you so much everybody for coming out. What I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be doing my intro, my intro. <laughs> I'm going to be doing my outro. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to be taking a bit of a break myself. So that way I can eat dinner. That way I can kind of zone out for about an hour. I will be back at 8 p.m. We're doing our community night tonight. So come on back to we'll play stuff. I don't know, like, really what we'll play yet. We'll play stuff together. Depending on how I feel, we'll have our community movie night after. We'll just have some fun tonight. I need food. Oh, my God, I need food.
I normally start at 7, but tonight I'm going to be starting at 8 o'clock. So I will see you at 8 p.m. Central Time. We'll play games together. We'll chill. We'll have a good time. But I need food, damn it. Alright, so let me go ahead and do my outro. Once again, thank you everybody for coming out and thank you so much to Soaps Bad Gaming for coming on and talking some horror with me. Uh, episodes of the podcast, previous episodes, are uploaded every Friday to youtube.com slash brandykins and to anchor.fm slash terrificTalk. And if you yourself would like to be a guest on Terrific Talk, you can contact me on the Terrific Talk Twitter at twitter.com slash terrific talk. Or you can contact me on my personal Twitter at brandykins1982. As always, stay terrific, everybody, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye now. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. So, and I will see you all at 8 p.m. Central Time for our multiplayer Sunday as opposed to Monday. We will play games, have a good time, chill out. So until 8 p.m. Central, you all stay terrific. Love y'all. See you in a bit.